Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Alexi Lalas, and welcome to the Seed of the Union podcast presented by State Farm, where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses. Joining me as always, my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David Mossy, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire, and another Fox soccer researcher extraordinaire joining us. You know her, you love her, Jen Cooper. Welcome back, by the way, to this show. Uh, now Thank live, you. we had you previewing the World Cup right before the World Cup. You were on Zoom uh, in all your uh, big-headed glory uh, <laughs> in, the, in the angle there. Uh, welcome back. We wanted to get you on again. Now we have finished the group stage. Uh, and so, so much has happened. We're going to go through uh, some of the different things. We come to you. Uh, by the way, this, is, uh, this was my off day, but I said no. I said no. For the people, for you guys, and for everybody else out there, I'm coming in. All right? I am coming in, and I am doing the show. And I'm glad I did, because there's incredible stuff to talk about. And, and let's be honest, this World Cup, it, it started off slow. This has been a slow burn, but it has absolutely ignited. There are things that we never thought we would see happening on the field. There is, uh, like I said, excitement. There is um, crazy drama. And there are teams going and staying that I don't think any of us before the uh, tournament predicted. I, I'll speak for myself. You guys might be different. So let's start it off with uh, Group H, the final games today. One window, two games to end up group stage. And Auf Wiedersehen, the, the Germans, they are gone. Aus, goodbye. They could not get it done. They could not get a goal. They could not get the goal that they needed, and they couldn't get it uh, uh, from, the, uh, from the other game. First off, um, did you see this coming, Jen? Did not see this coming, but when I step back and I think of the context of this tournament and some of the major upsets we have seen, we have seen several historic upsets in terms of ranking differential, but also just some matchups that you would never think that – you know, Germany would not advance. They've advanced to every group stage before then. So now U.S. is the only team that's ever advanced to every group stage, right? And I would think if I'm the U.S. players looking back at Brazil not advancing, Germany not advancing, you're like, okay, maybe it's a different landscape than we anticipated. We have the great Ari Hinkst, and I watched her after uh, talk about it. And she's, you know, she was... Um measured in her take, but there was an element of her, her German brain could not compute this thing. <laughs> is there, is there a, uh, another version of, of Carly Lloyd uh, back doing German television tonight that's screaming and yelling about systemic problems and they got, uh, they got to figure this all out? And is this a 
problem for this German national team, obviously going out, something that uh, historically they haven't done, that is a problem in and of itself. But are there, were there signs, I guess? I wouldn't say there, there are signs, but I would put this in, in context with, in 2011, they're the host country, two-time defending champion. So, hey, you know, the U.S. knows what that's like. Um, and they went out surprise in, in the quarterfinal, right? And they had uh, an aging star on their team. At least that's what the press was calling her once they went out, you know, Birgit Prince. Um, and they went through a lot of kind of soul-searching after that. That, that ouster meant that they didn't, make the next Olympics. So, you know? so you're, do you anticipate yeah. a DOS reboot type of I thing happening? Def definitely. Okay. Much like they did then, I, I, I see that coming again. And similar, you know, with Brazil. I can't see Pia Sunaga staying around. Did you watch the game? I did. Lex, do you know how, <laughs> you know how improbable this was? Chris Felica didn't see it coming. Oh, wow. The bear, the bear got uh, poked and screwed, basically. Yeah, he uh, was all excited about a France-Germany round of 16 matchup. He was deprived of that. He was deprived. When Looking the bear ahead. gets angry, when the bear gets angry, he was angry the other day at the women, uh, the U.S. women, uh, because they really kind of screwed up his day. But, Lex, what made this so incredible, Germany beat Morocco 6-0 in their opening game. If I told you at the final whistle that day that Morocco was going to advance at the expense of Germany, uh, so this really is one of the most stunning developments that we've ever seen in this tournament. We had eight debutantes in their first set of matches. All of them lost without scoring a goal. I poked fun at them on this podcast, but the results picked up. Portugal was a shot off the post away from advancing at the expense of the U.S., and Morocco advances at the expense of Germany. All right. Well, this is a wonderful segue. So let's go into our insuring coverage presented by State Farm segment here. And you mentioned Morocco. First up, congratulations. Congratulations to Morocco. I mean, I feel like every night we come on, we do some sort of congratulations. This is historic. This is incredible. We've never seen something like this. You but see it the, is. The, I know, but you see the tears coming down. And, and to your point, Jen, this is... This is something to be celebrated. All right, so this was an expanded World Cup, as we've all talked about. Eight debutantes. And until, until these final whistles blew, you know, conventional wisdom said that eight were going home. Now, being there in and of itself is wonderful and for the individual players, for the teams, and for, and for the future. But to have, in, the, in this case, one go through, and in the way that Morocco is doing, by the way, there's something in the Morocco, uh, Morocco water. Whatever they're doing over there, it's working, <laughs> men's and women's, it is, it, it's, it's, something, it, it's something incredible. And so we'll congratulate them, but I guess, I guess take us through a little bit more. And, and the reason why I ask you a lot of these questions is you have much more, much more context, and uh, I think that's important now as we are seeing this. And those tears that we see and that pride that people feel for what is happening, it's because of the work uh, and the belief from a lot of people, including you and, and others, going on. So when you see these scenes, when you see these teams like a Morocco going through, and even some of the games, you know, we were talking earlier off, off camera about, you know, Panama just being excited to score goals, even though they're going out. They, and, you know, and that's, and, and giving games, like how important is that to the, uh, the women's game and the future of this World Cup and obviously the women's game in a greater sense? So important. Uh, when they made the announcement that this tournament was going to be expanded from 24 teams to 32, my first thought was it, it's too early because we'd only had 2015 and 2019 with 24 teams. Um, but the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that, that's sending the message to all these federations. You have a better shot of making this tournament. Invest, and you don't have to invest nearly as much as you do on the men's side to get success out of it. And look what we saw. We saw Philippines... We, you know, Alan Sedgwick taking the Philippines to the World Cup, you know, Haiti, Panama, Portugal. Um, there's been such great 
development, but also how they've performed. So I told myself going into this World Cup, okay, we're going to have to be ready for some big lopsided matches in the first round, but round of 16 will be competitive, you know, after that. We had, you know, after that first kind of, you know, everybody plays their first game and they yeah. get settled, then it's like, wow, you know, teams like Morocco found their footing. We also had teams like Korea, which, you know, did not live up to expectations. But, wow, tonight, like, coming back and, and, and showing Germany and having the thrill of, okay, you knocked off the number two team in the world, right? So what this is doing for, for the women's game, it's making it truly a global game. Um, this is the first time we've ever had three African nations advance. Try to wrap your head around the fact that there's only one Conme Bowl team advancing, and it's not Brazil. I'm so sorry, Mossy. Um, there's, <laughs> there's two CONCACAF teams advancing as usual, but one of them's Jamaica instead of Canada. You know, so up is down, night is day, we're in the southern hemisphere, everything is upside down. So it's impossible to predict this. Uh, it is it, impossible it, to predict this, yes. Do you, think, do you think Germany going out <laughs> helps or hurts the, the psyche of either the U.S. women's national team or the U.S. women's national team uh, fan base? I think it might help the, the fan base and recognize, oh, this is more competitive all around. This isn't just, oh, the U.S. didn't play well and the world could have ended. This is, no, the world has caught up. I mean, we've been hearing, I've been hearing that phrase since 2003. Yeah. The world is catching up. It's like, no, the world has caught up. But more importantly, the last cycle, the last four years, we have seen such a monumental change in the women's game, not on for international teams, but on the club level. The investment we've seen in England for the Women's Super League, seeing it pay off last summer with the Euro win, what we're seeing from, from Spain in terms of their club development, even Mexico that's not here but has several club players here, like from Pachuca, you know, that so many more countries developing a fully professional women's league, and we're seeing the payoff. So we're seeing the parity where um, I know there's some people saying, oh, NWSL isn't as strong as they think it is. It's like, no, it's an incredibly strong league. There's just other right. competitive, you know, competitive leagues out there, and that's the, that's the way it should be. It, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. All right, so 16 teams left, uh, eight matchups. We're into the round of, uh, of 16. Uh, a couple, let's go through a couple of things in terms of what we have gleaned from the group stage. Uh, because and, and some individual stuff. Let's start uh, off with the player of the group stage. A couple of names to throw out. Uh, obviously, Lauren Janes from England, um, uh, Miyazawa from Japan, Lena Caicedo has uh, burst on the scene now. So uh, I, I, for me, I think if I had to pick between those, and because I'm trying to think of other ones that might, might, uh, might come to mind. I think I'm going with Lauren James uh, because of, I just think that she has taken hold of this tournament and I think that there's even more potential for her to get better. And so it's a star that's using the tournament to, uh, to increase her, her presence and her stardom, which is also wonderful. I mean, I love it when people's lives change. And I think that's what's going to happen to her going forward, because I think we haven't even seen the best of her yet. Uh, Mossy, who do you got uh, in terms of that? Who really stood out for you? Andy Sullivan, is that an option? <laughs> You're such a <laughs> Uh, I would go with Lauren James. I said the other night that Reese James is now Lauren James's brother. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. Um, yeah. What a tournament she's had. Scored an incredible goal against uh, Denmark, and then followed that up with two goals and three assists in the route of China. 
So yeah, I, I think she's been the most impressive performer. Miyazawa too uh, is up there. And I have to say, Alexandra Pop was all over the place tonight, scored a goal. She is a phenomenal player as well, but she is exiting, so we're going to focus on players she that are still in it. She didn't have the supporting cast, yes. but she, to your point, she was incredible tonight. If there was a, if there was a breakout player category, then Linda Caicedo would certainly be that. Uh, but as far as player of the group stage, I would go with Lauren James. Well, and I have to add to your pop comment that if there were a player that could win the World Cup by herself, I would nominate Alexander Pop. Right. I, I remember her that the, the game against Zambia before the World Cup, they're down 2-0 to Zambia. She scores two goals like in the last 10 minutes to at least tie it, and then her teammates give up another goal. She's like, what else can I do, right. people? She's, I mean, she's probably very frustrated tonight because yeah. she, she did everything that she, uh, that she needed to do. Uh, okay, uh, game of the group stage. I'm going with Brazil and France. Uh, I thought that that, in the moment that I was watching it, I, I, I said this is some of the best soccer that I've seen, not just for this tournament, but in a long time. And so I think it goes into the annals of great games uh, in World Cup history, men's or women's. I just thought the quality and the intensity uh, and the drama, ultimately, of this game, of these two teams. Now, Brazil didn't, wasn't able to regain that later in the tournament, but on this night, both of these teams, I felt like they were at... Their, the peak of their performance. And it, it just made it a really fun and interesting, uh, interesting game. Uh, Columbia, Germany, we, you know, we talked so much about that Columbia, you know, last minute winner. Uh, producer Sean is also being kind of uh, funny here, Ewing, uh, saying the USA-Netherlands uh, game. Uh, there's plenty to pick from, but I'm going with France-Brazil. What do you got, uh, Jen? What do you want to start? Um, I, I'm going to give a nod to Sean's choice of USA-Netherlands. because oh, for I, God's I, sake. No, because I feel like all three of those games are the games that if you didn't see them live, you missed one of the best viewing experiences of your life. Even though it was torturous right. to, to watch the first half of USA-Netherlands, what we saw in the second half of USA-Netherlands was like, they're going to do it, they're totally going to do it, they're going to do it, they're going to do it, okay, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't quite do it. Um, I love the matchup of, of France-Brazil. I mean, those are, those are soccer nations, right? We always hear those names. They're always going far. But I have to ultimately give my vote to Colombia, Germany, because you have this, you know, amazing goal by Casado. You have Germany equalize it, and you think, oh, the the, the powerful perennial champion, here they go. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, that amazing free kick goal, boom, different story. You're not easily impressed with a lot of things in life, Masi. I've found that out about you, uh, and at least <laughs> at least outwardly. Maybe inside you're jumping. We've talked about your orgasmic experience on multiple uh, times during this tournament. So what, what got, you, uh, got you off here at this tournament? I think Colombia-Germany was the best game in the group stage, but another one I'm going to throw out there is Nigeria-Australia. Okay. It was terrific. Yes. Uh, Australia leading, and then Nigeria came storming back. Oshawala comes off the bench. Scores were proved to be the game. Three winner, unanswered three goals. Yeah, that one was terrific as well. That should have been the third here, uh, along with France-Brazil and uh, Colombia-Germany. Although... You liked USA Netherlands better than Alexi, didn't you? Well, the, the second half, anyway. I also like Australia coming back in their final group stage game. Such an emphatic performance. And I will say the performance of the group stage was Japan against Spain. I, I'm still trying to process what I witnessed, how anybody could do that blow away Spain. <laughs> that Spain team the way they did and beat them 4-0. That was Spain's biggest loss since 2012. That just... Yeah. I mean, again, but and should I be surprised anymore? I mean, at this point, when when things are happening at this, this World Cup is drunk. All right, 
in, in the best really possible way. way. Like yeah. happy, happy drunk, okay? Happy drunk. This is a happy drunk World Cup, all right? This no, isn't, nobody's throwing up. Nobody's passing this out. This isn't, you know, ugly, uh, ugly uncle or, or, or whatever thing like that. This is a happy drunk type of a situation, and I'm, I'm here for it. So let's, you know, more shots. This let's soccer go. is totally worth screwing up your sleep cycle for. A hundred percent. And there's a lot of people are doing it, and we love the fact that you're staying up late uh, with us or getting up early or whatever it is you're doing. All right, team of the of, of the group stage. And, you know, I have my power rankings, and they come and they go. Japan has always been, uh, you know, since they burst on the scene here, this, uh, this World Cup, upper and around about the, uh, the, the top of it. But obviously England has kind of grown into this tournament. And, you know, one of the elites that finally showed, hey, this is, we know what we're doing. And unlike the U.S., as we said before, they're going in with incredible momentum into the uh, round of 16 as opposed to the U.S. because she's kind of backing in. So I'm going to, as much as I hate giving props and even talking about England, I, I am going to give them the, my, at least my vote for team of the group stage. Who do you guys got? Not England. No? Um, I don't think they've had the most challenging group, you okay. know, and getting to end your group play against Haiti, no offense no I hear Haiti. you calling them soft. See, when you say that, I hear you calling them soft, all right? And just for the record, this is not me calling them soft, all right? <laughs> Jen Hooper. Keeper notes if you want, all right? All right, at keeper notes out there. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying Japan because they've scored the most goals of any team in the group stage, totally slaughtered Spain, as we've mentioned. And it's not coming from veteran players. It's coming from a pretty young crew, um, a lot of whom were either on the 2018 or the 2022 U20 squads that both made the final. And you think it's sustainable? I totally think I, it's sustainable. Right. I was talking to uh, Stu Holden earlier, and he uh, he he does he doesn't think that dip, uh, Japan's going to win their round of 16 game. So against Norway? Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. So what does Stu know though? So what what, what do you got? <laughs> I would go with Japan, but I do want to acknowledge England to lose the players they did: Beth Mead, Leah That's Williamson, uh, Fran Kirby, and then Especially Kira Walsh, Walsh uh, during yeah. the tournament. And to keep going and have the performance they had against China, again, it just speaks to Serena Vigman, who I know a lot of people think is the best manager in the women's game. I would give her a coach of the tournament coach of the year now. Yeah, already. I mean, she changed everything and just yeah. said, yeah. she said, screw I mean, she, she went into, like, emergency mode when it wasn't really an emergency and fundamentally changed the way that they looked on the field. It was incredible. The team that I picked to win the tournament and... They won all three group games, so in theory, I should be feeling good about that. But something about the way they played left me cold was Sweden. How impressive have you been with Sweden so far? Yeah, I mean, they, they had some good moments, and they, they scratched out that, that, that win. Like, there's so much more talent there, right? Especially when you look at how veteran their roster is, right? And that they had the luxury going into their last game, they made nine changes to their starting lineup, right? So you're going to have these extra rested players going into the game against um, the USA. But I don't always think that's a good move, right? I, like we've talked about momentum a lot, and and I think that momentum of playing a full 90 or most of a 90 every few days, I, I think you you need that going into. You're the speaking tournament. Carly Lloyd's language. She loves that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but. I also hate to think as Sweden as that perennial also ran. I don't want to use the, the B word. Right. But, you know, it's like it'd be nice to see them, you know, get that. But but I know that that would come at the expense of the U.S. So it's a, it's like it's so crucial. It's, it's so brutal. 
that it's USA Sweden in the round of 16 when that really in our hearts should be a quarterfinal or semifinal, right? You're, yeah, you're talking about Sweden in the way my teachers used to talk about me to my parents. You know, it's like <laughs> not quite filling potential, all right? The, the potential is there and the talent is there, but not quite living up to it. And if they just put a little bit more, they could really do something special. Uh, okay, uh, let's look at the, uh, at the knockout stage uh, bracket here. All right, so we got uh, Switzerland versus Spain, Netherlands, South Africa, Japan, Norway, as we mentioned, Sweden against the U.S., Australia, Denmark, France, Morocco, England, Nigeria, and Colombia, Jamaica. Take the U.S. one out of the equation. Which one excites you the most? Mossy. Interesting, yeah. Um, Japan, Norway, to me, is a fascinating game. Okay. The way Japan played. Norway, I, I'm very curious to see this out of Hegerberg situation. If she's available, does she go back into the lineup or do you stick with Sophie Roman Hogg, who just got a hat trick in the last group game? So that's an interesting one for their manager to resolve. But yeah, that's a battle of past champions. There are three past champions in the knockout rounds. That, that's two of them right there, the U.S. obviously being the other one. So I would say if you take the U.S. out of it, that's probably the other match that most intrigues me. Jen, do you, uh, we, we talked so much about Spain at the beginning of the tournament and, and into the tournament, and then they laid that egg against Japan, and it might have been just this one of those days, an anomaly, and they just, it happens, soccer gods didn't smile. And it didn't enough. affect them advancing, right? Right, it did, it didn't, but now they come up against uh, a Switzerland team. Do you think that they ultimately have any problem going through against Switzerland? Well, Switzerland's one of the few teams that conceded no goals in the group stage, so we know they have their, their defense together. Right. Do they have the offense? You know, Switzerland, we already know from, from men's World Cup history, is like, I think it was like the first team ever eliminated without losing, right? Um, I think this is Spain's chance to get their scoring boots back on. Um, you know, here's a high-scoring team against a really defensive team. I think it's going to be a really taut game in the midfield, but ultimately Spain's, Spain's going to dominate. But what I'm really looking forward to is Colombia-Jamaica. Who would have ever pegged that as, as one of our round of 16 matchups, you know, again, the only Colmable team to go through that we've seen some really great offense from, not tonight, but, but the other two games. Jamaica, just one goal in the group stage, but still right. advancing. We haven't seen a goal yet from Bunny Shaw, but it's coming. I mean, she is a machine. She, she runs that, that Jamaica team and the confidence they must feel following you know, blanking two teams, two high-ranked teams, and going on, um, they're ready to go. Uh, we're going to finish up with some messy stuff, but before I get there, because uh, I, I wanted you on to talk about, in, in just in general, what is going on with this U.S. team. So you saw all the fallout of the, uh, of the group stage, and you saw everybody screaming and yelling, and, you know, is this team, I mean, really, the question comes down to, is this team really that good, or... Is this as good as it gets for this U.S. team? When you were watching this U.S. team, and in the context of what's happened over the last cycle, let's, uh, let's say, are these problems that you feel are rearing their head um, just now, but they have been problems all along? Or is this a manufactured type of situation where it's just happening right now? I know that's a big type of question, but I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, curious. To, to put a fine point on it, are you Team Carly or Team Heather? Is the sky falling or isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm more towards Team Heather. The, okay. the sky's not falling, but you better get your umbrellas out. Right. Um, because I think a lot of the problems with the, with the U.S. team go deeper and further back than, oh, it's just the last couple of years, the last couple of cycles. This is something that I have seen talked about, but not, not 
publicly so much as the undercurrents of our youth teams are not performing, right? Our U17 team regularly hasn't made the Women's World Cup. Our U20 team has not been successful at the Women's World Cup in a decade, and there's our main pipeline. Okay, so but yeah. when, you, when people say that, okay, well, why? We, right. we, to your point, we put more resources into the women's game than pretty much anybody else out there, okay? We have more opportunities, more pathways, more history, more legislation. I mean, even the legislation that we have, all of that kind of stuff. So how is it possible that our youth teams are, aren't, aren't functioning okay, at a high so, level? Okay, so the legislation part, that's what got us... Um, the head start. That, that's what got us the head start. Yeah. So you had us, legislation, and you had the countries, the early adopters like Norway, Sweden, Germany, that were early succeeders because they were already all in on women playing sports, right? Now we're finally seeing all the other traditional soccer countries, they finally leaned in to letting women, you know, play soccer. On the youth level, sure you can say we have the most resources and the most players and all this stuff. That's not necessarily an advantage because of how our pipelines are designated, right? And I'm sure you've talked about this on your podcast before. We're still stuck in a pay-to-play system. So it's as if our country is maybe one-tenth its size when we're talking about developing players. It's also so large um, that when you bring these players together from disparate programs, they they're not necessarily have trained the same way, yeah. right? And we find on the women's side, we finally moved into a system where, hey, the U.S., can't call in their senior players outside of FIFA windows anymore. Again, that used to be an advantage that they had because we didn't have year in, year out, week in, week out club play. So it's like the whole template has changed. Now, am I saying these players aren't talented? No. I think we have some incredible players on this U.S. roster. Ashley Sanchez, who we haven't seen yet, I want to see her mm -hmm. in the midfield. Um, I want to know why Alana Cook hasn't been used yet when she's been a regular starter in the back line. I'm ready to see Julie Ertz. You know, it was so important to have her back, apparently. Let's see her in that defensive mid. Do you push her in the midfield? Yeah, okay. you know, tear, tearing things up. Um, we know Alex Morgan is dying to score. She, you know, I, I, I do think it's kind of funny to hear. It's like, oh, they don't care enough. Like, these players have spent their whole lives being uber competitive. They're not going to come here and think that this isn't important and, and I appreciate Lindsay Haran's comment of you guys don't know what's going behind the scenes and we'll never know yeah, what, but what, what's behind the scenes but what we saw was one of the worst performances we've seen by the U.S. on the stage right. and and I think back to previous World Cups and major tournaments like that very frustrating draw against Sweden in the quarterfinals in the Olympics um, I also remember the 2015 World Cup how they were so sluggish in the, the group stage and very nearly went out against Colombia in the round of 16. I remember watching that game, how painful it was. And all it took was two yellow card suspensions and a force in the lineup change, and it sparked Carly Lloyd, right? A lot of people don't remember. All of Carly Lloyd's goals were scored in the knockout round. Once she started scoring... It was a whole different story. All right. Do we remember that when we think about 2015? No. We're just like, ah, they won 2015, right? And we were so spoiled by the performance in 2019 where you had almost that same core. You could tell how much, like, they knew each other so well. And I think that's the biggest obstacle uh, for them right now. When you think of all the injuries we've had, Katarina Macario, yeah. you know, Kristen Press, all like that. Like, you know, can they do it? I don't know. <laughs>
Sorry, oh. that was a long diatribe. No, no, this is good. This is why we have you on. <laughs> we had you on the day the roster was announced, and I asked you if Vladko was the right coach to lead the U.S. to another World Cup title, whether he was up to this, and you said absolutely no concerns with Vladko. Would you like a mulligan on that? <laughs> <laughs> he does know you're allowed five subs, right? <laughs> I don't know if he knows that. Maybe maybe I'll send him a text message. Um, Was that a I, question or is that more of a statement? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm asking I know, her I if know. she's rethought her, her position on Vladko. Okay. Well, one, I, I've thought about that second game a lot because I know people are like, oh, my God, why didn't he make a sub? Why didn't he make a sub? And I can see both sides of it because he was saying he's like, they were, they were actually playing so well together I didn't want to disrupt it. At the same time, I was getting kind of vibes of 2003, USA, Germany. The US is down 1-0 in the semifinal, and they just keep doing the same thing. They keep lofting the ball to Abby, thinking she's going to head it in, to, and, and they didn't. You know, yeah. and, they, and they pushed up so far, at the last minute, they ended up losing 3-0. Um, so I feel like, yeah, there should have been another sub, but probably much earlier. Like, like once you get that late in the game, and they're grooving, I don't, I don't think a very late sub Right. helps you right that's the kind of thing that you you did that late sub to like hold a score right but but we needed to see other people and I don't know if I don't necessarily agree that it was right to start the the, the same lineup right perhaps the thinking was okay my starting 11 for the first day they've never played together before um so let's have them have this game so that they go in in against Netherlands but like there should there should have been some tweak because even the game against uh, Vietnam wasn't. Wasn't great. Wa yeah. Wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't great. Right. And and now we're paying the price for that because right. we could be playing against South Africa. Right. And instead we're playing playing yeah. against Sweden. So that's. A and I'm not ready yet to take a, a, a mulligan on Vlaco because I think it's always easy to go. Oh, well, you know, it, it's the youth sport thing. The, the kids win. It's the kids' credit. The kids lose, it's the coach's fault. Right. Right. Like, we know it, it's a mixture of things. And I also have been thinking about a lot. Think back to 2019 Women's World Cup. Who did we see on the sideline in the US technical area? We always saw Tony. It was Jill sitting on the bench, Tony up there yelling. Mm -hmm. Now we have a technical area where it seems like it's always Blocko up yelling and the assistants are on the bench. I don't know if that's good or bad, but, it, but it, it's like. It's, it's a different like, dynamic. Yeah, it's, it's a different dynamic. That's Tony Gustafsson here. Yes. Right. Yes. Current Australian. Gustafsson. 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 Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, sorry, one of the researchers is Swedish, so yeah. Let me. Let me. Oh, <laughs> I, I, believe me, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But by the way, Sweden and the U.S. can't even agree on how many matches they've played all time because Sweden has this as the 44th meeting, which is a number Martin sent me. The U.S. has this as the 43rd meeting. We've decided after much deliberation we're going to go with the U.S.'s number, but it's interesting that Martin, his instinct was to go with Sweden's number, so we know where his loyalties lie in these <laughs> upcoming matches. All right, before we finish this off, can I just say this, though, when it comes to the behind-the-scenes stuff, and nobody knows what's happening behind the scenes. I don't give a crap what's happening behind the scenes. When we have reactions to what we see, it is what is happening on the field. And that's all, right? all you can base your reaction to. That's yeah. all I can base my reaction to. So if it's kumbaya or if all hell is breaking loose behind the scenes, I, I, I mean, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, it's titillating. But ultimately, I don't care. So you can't just say, well, you guys don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. No, we don't understand, and, and I don't care. This is, your job is to do it on the field. How you prepare for it is all fine and well. If you want to let us in, fine. 
But if you don't, I'm still judging you with what happens on the field. And if it's me or Carly or anybody else looks at the, at the situation on the field and says, I don't think that they're trying or I don't think that they care or whatever. And you can disagree with that. That's, uh, that, that's fine. But it's based on what they see on the field. In Carly's case, obviously, has an incredible history. But Carly has no idea. She's not in camp right now. She doesn't right. know what's going on on the field. But when, when players then go on and say, well, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Well, you're right. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But I know what's happening on the field, and that's not good enough, all right? No matter what is happening behind the scenes. All right, anyway, uh, anything uh, before we go to Messi? Uh, no, no. Let's okay. Wait, wait, wait. I want, I want to give one random shout-out. Not related okay, to shout the out. U.S. Got to give a shout-out to Marta. Um, I know you guys ah, talked yes. about her yes, last did. night, yep. but, you know, we saw her final World Cup game. Only Formiga has more appearances in the World Cup than Marta. Marta still all-time leader in women's World Cup goals. And get this, four of her 17 were scored against the USA. Oh, my goodness. So, well, well, this is, this is it, good. It was three appearances too many as far as I'm concerned. Oh, Mossy should, should not not was not happy. was not happy. And uh, uh, Pia came in for some uh, criticism, right? Uh, what we heard. Yeah, how do you yeah, feel about Pia? Honestly, ended up being a big letdown at the end. I mean, you can see that the team is more organized under her. They finally have a proper coach. But at the end of the day, it's about results. And yeah. <laughs> no, go no out they... a, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes, though, Masi. <laughs> you don't know how awesome it is behind the scenes and all the different dynamics and relationships that they have. And that should be a value, all right? I mean, You're worried much too much about the actual soccer on the field and the results on the field. You don't understand the ecosystem see, that's been see, created and the mentality. Like we've achieved equality in this little area where it's like, wow, coaches are actually going to lose their job after this tournament because their team didn't advance. And we haven't always seen that past women's soccer. In women's soccer, in women's college soccer in the U.S., coaches can go many losing seasons and not lose their job, right? Because it's just this extra sport, right? So I feel like the sport has been elevated to the point where it doesn't matter that you've done X, Y, Z. We didn't advance. You're out of here. All right. Uh, okay, well, let's finish it off quick with uh, some messy talk. Evidently, the guy's pretty good, okay? Uh, he keeps scoring goals, but he has yet to score a goal in Major League Soccer. I just want to keep making that <laughs> point. And his team remains in the cellar, the bottom of Major League Soccer. But when it comes to the League's Cup, the dude is on fire. The dude is on fire. He and his Inter-Miami teammates and him as captain uh, it ended up being 3-2 to two against uh, their cross-state rivals of, or, or I guess it'll be upstate rivals of <laughs> Orlando. So, um, Mossy, so far so good for Mossy and company. His next game, by the way, is in Dallas, and evidently it's going to be 105 degrees. So, welcome to America, and welcome to MLS Summertime! I think you meant Messi there. What did I say? Mossy. Oh, did I say Mossy and company? Yeah. But he's going well, to love goat, that though. Heat. He's going to love yeah. that heat. Last time uh, Barcelona was in Houston, they asked for the air conditioning to be turned off in their locker room. They're oh, not sure. Yeah. They're one yeah. of those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're yeah. weird like that. They sweat it up. I just say, though, what a bad look for MLS on the fact that they keep scoring goals. It's like horrible. That. It's horrible. I mean, <laughs> and you in know, pink? It's just, it's a horrible. Uh, all those people that are screaming and yelling about retire league and then they're, you know, uh, orgasmic like you when these, you know, off here scoring all those goals. But. You know, Do I again, need to leave you guys alone? No, no. It's, we talk about orgasms a lot on this show. It's just, uh, it's, you know, one, it, one of the themes. If so. Spain goes out, it won't be the first time I've had a premature orgasm. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> 
Uh, David Mossy, ladies and gentlemen, and Jen Cooper, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, Can I say well, one last happy thing to before we go? Happy to break up the sausage. Uh, tomorrow night, I am going with Mark Young to uh, the Sydney Opera House. I heard that. Show. We're getting dinner before, and it's like a date. Uh, so you know Mark better than anybody. Uh-huh. Uh, any advice? Should I, should I bring flowers? <laughs> <laughs> you need to wear West Bromwich colors. Oh, he loves it. He loves his that, West that, Brom that, team. Yeah. So. yeah. So you're going to the Opera House to see a uh, performance. Then. Yes. Okay. The, we are. We are right over there. Yeah. The Sydney Symphony. We are dark tomorrow. We have a day off uh, tomorrow. Uh, any doing anything interesting or? Uh, I think sleeping is yeah. number one activity. I know. Definitely. Uh, definitely would be doing after that. After that. After that, the FIFA Fan Store. Yes. In, in the FIFA Fan Fest. Uh, Jess, show I, your uh, show your th your thing here that we got. This is, this is my 1999 Women's World Cup Barbie official with the, the FIFA logo okay. on it. And let's see if I can, yeah, she can actually kick. Okay. Oh, come on. She's do functioning. It. Oh, yeah, she, oh, she. <laughs> there. There we go. Whoa, yeah. there we go. All yeah. right. Well, listen, you came with props and, uh, and everything. <laughs> But you came with incredible information and incredible context, as I as I said before. And you're you know, you're you're doing so uh, you know you're, you're making us look good on on television. As Mossy can attest to, that's not an easy thing to do. So thank you for everything uh, that you do on a consistent basis. We were just walking out, and uh, Jimmy Conrad was like, "Thank you, Jen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you." So um, it 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 makes a difference because, like I said, we need all the help that we can possibly get, and we have a wonderful team behind the scenes giving us all of this uh, information about this tournament that, as we said, is just morphed into this incredible thing with incredible history and with incredible passion um, and with incredible drama. And so as we head into the uh, round of 16, I hope everybody's excited. We take a little breather and then we come back on Saturday and Sunday with the, uh, with the round of 16 games. We cannot wait. We will continue to give all the content day in and day out, fueled by these two, among others, uh, <laughs> making us, like I said, look good in the things that we say and do. Uh, but we couldn't be many, any more happy to be able to do that for you every, each and every day. So continue to write, continue to review, continue to rate, and continue to subscribe and do all the different things that you do on the State of the Union. Thank you to State Farm for presenting this. We will talk again uh, in a little bit. Don't worry, we'll be back. Uh, but until then, and as always, size the day.